Welcome to The Exchange, a podcast from Grace Church, an independent Bible teaching church in Wichita Falls, Texas. In this podcast, we examine the world through a grace perspective and connect biblical truth in everyday life. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode five of The Exchange podcast. My name is Nolan Smith. I am the high school and college pastor here at Grace Church. This week, I am joined by Derek Hughes, our executive pastor. Derek, thanks for being here. Uh, Nolan, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me in. Absolutely. So uh, really excited to get you on here, Derek, and you, you're the last of our pastoral staff to, to get on an episode. I'm glad you could be here. For those who don't know what an executive pastor does, could you give us just a quick description of that? Yeah, Sure. Um, executive pastor is kind of a mini-faceted role. Um, one of the main things I do is try to free up our pastoral staff to do the work of the ministry, to be in lives of people, to continue with our goal of making mature disciples of Christ. And as a church, we want to always be people-focused, but we also have the other side, which is the business end of the church. And that's a lot of what I oversee, or the day-to-day things. Um, we want to make sure that uh, we are wise stewards with what people give, and when they give an offering, that uh, we are being wise in how we handle that, what we do with that. And then I work with an administrative team who are volunteers who are part of that, and we just look at the overall budget, how we're budgeting with what's being given, what's the best ways to use that to enhance our ministry. But then there's a lot of other things that are part of that as far as health insurance, as far as other things that we do, day-to-day operations, how we pay our bills, keeping track of all the things we do. Um, Really a major part of my role is trying to help Lance be free of a lot of the things that come in that are day-to-day things, that are sales calls, people wanting to do uh, things within the church or within the body or within our community, uh, usually those filter through me, and then I try to get those where they're important out to the different ministries, but really just freeing up our pastoral staff to to be hands-on, to be with people, yeah. and handle the business side of things. Yeah, you use that word administrative, and we talk about that as being one of the spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. And you know, we had Jeff on here a few weeks ago as our communications pastor, and talked about how, in some ways, his ministry is sort of the heartbeat of Grace Church, as the the message and, and the, the heart of what Grace Church is trying to do filters through his ministry. I guess, in, in some sense, yours is more kind of the brain, in, in, a, in a way. I mean, the information comes in, and you're trying to to deal with kind of the business side of things. and Right, and, and part of that is, you know, things that people probably wouldn't even notice. For sure. Um, we've had some issues with sunlight coming through yeah. our stained glass yeah. window in the chapel. Right. And part of what I've been doing is finding out different ways, different things that we could do that that's not a distraction right. to people when they're in worship, in right. service, or early morning, that kind sun. Of the, kind of the practical side of ministry. Right, where, practical side. Where we're trying, all of us are trying to be relational, like you're saying, and you're really trying to pick up the practical. Right. right. There's, there's, We don't want anything that's hindering our ministry. Yeah. As we're in this process right now with the COVID, and as that mm-hmm. was coming on, uh, one of the things that 
kind of came out of this was we got more of the hand sanitizers mm -hmm. that we've yeah. put around the building. Uh, when we have Easter or we have other Christmas and big events that are coming up, I work with our building maintenance team to make sure we have enough places for people yeah. to sit. Um, and so I, I kind of a lot of things that are behind the scenes, people using our building, outside mm -hmm. community, graduations, schools, different things like that that use our building. That, that kind of all flows through uh, what I do on a daily basis. Yeah, and, and I know Lance has talked about this, and, and you have too, but for all of us, including you, we have some administrative responsibility. You, you have a, the, the bulk of it, but um, we also all have a... Uh, I guess you'd say like a ministry side to our job. So you do too. You have a you have a ministry role. And so, how would you describe that? Well, my ministry role, I love. Um, I'm in Grace's history. I'm a fir our first real executive pastor. Mm -hmm. uh, I have 25 years of pastoral ministry. Um, but before I went into pastoral ministry, I started and ran a business mm -hmm. and have been in the business world for a few years before that. So that kind of has been secondhand for me, business major in my undergraduate work. But my ministry of what I really love is I'm part of the connection and assimilation. And it's such a joy for me on a Sunday morning. It's, it's the best day of the week mm -hmm. when we get to gather as a church family and right now, as part of my my ministry, is the connect the the hospitality team, which mm -hmm. includes all of the people that are greeters, those ushers, the men at the door that are handing out the bulletins, overseeing the coffee ministry, our lockup team. So on a Sunday morning, uh, things all coming together, yeah. and I love that our church family can come together and they can meet. Um, and and just enjoy the time, the security, and the policemen that are here, orchestrating all that and checking with to make sure we have that all covered before yeah. that happens. Well, yeah. as our building is ready to go and it's been cleaned and all of that on a Sunday morning, so I get both sides of that, which is really fun, because then on a Sunday morning when everything comes together and we've had a worship experience, our children have been well taken care of in children's ministry. I, I, it's just to me a joy to be yeah, together to do kinda, that. You really see the whole tapestry together at that point. Yes, so we talked about with when Blake was here and and all of the people that he oversees in making the actual service, the Sunday morning service happen. And we said with him that I think people don't even realize, even the ones that that have some insight, don't even realize how many people and how many details go into just a Sunday at Grace Church. And so you get a, an up-close look at that as well with all those people that you oversee. And you said you're you're really, obviously, really passionate about connecting people. Why do you feel like it's so important to plug into a church? And, not, you know, obviously Grace Church specifically for us, but in general, why do you think it's important for a, a Christian to really connect, really plug in and participate in church? And I'd like to even take that a step further for a person. You know, every Sunday is someone's first Sunday at Grace Church. Mm -hmm. And from the time they start down Stone Lake Drive, and even before that, when they've gone to our website and they've checked out who we are, they're new to town or, or they're searching. We want to make their experience when they come to Grace Church from the time they pull in from the street to the seat uh, that's something that I'm really involved in. And so when, when someone comes to Grace Church, we want them to feel welcomed. Mm -hmm. We want them to have an understanding of who we are. 
want them to hear God's word, and that's what's going to penetrate their heart. But more than that, it's that they would get connected. Mm-hmm. And that's where then it comes part of our church family of how some people will just be on Sunday, and that's great. But to me, if you're just participating on a Sunday, it's like joining a gym, mm-hmm. and you go once a month yeah. or even once a week, and you expect to to see the results. Mm-hmm. Uh, connection requires more than that. Yeah. And there's so many different ways to connect. Our our priority is our Sunday worship service, but then there's numerous opportunities to connect outside of that, mm-hmm. and that's part of how we want to assimilate people into the church and how we want to assimilate people into the church family. Yeah, and there's age specific. You know, with our pastoral staff, the eight mm-hmm. usually have an age specific group. You have high school right, and young no. college, and Caleb has that that uh, middle school and early high school. Josh mm-hmm. has the children, mm-hmm. and then we have middle aged adults with Joe, and we have senior adults with Reggie. And so our pastoral staff and what Blake is overseeing in our worship team and our communion team and and our child dedication team, we've got all of our pastoral staff that are out touching lives. But for us, with only eight and me included being nine, we can't touch every person. Yeah, And so that's why it's important that our church family understand and, and that they know it's someone's first Sunday, and we don't always know who that is. Yeah, And so from the time they come in the door and when people come in the door, we want to greet them. We want to be open to them. We want to be hospitable to everyone who enters our door. And for some of us that have been at Grace Church a long time, I think we get comfortable and we forget you know, I, I always joke about, uh, you know, we, we have our special seat, and what do we do when we walk in on a Sunday morning and someone's in that seat? And it's like, did they not know that's my seat? <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably didn't. Right. And so it's great for us then to sit down next and meet that person and find out their story and get to know where, where they are and what brought them to Grace Church and and how God is at work in their life, mm-hmm. and how they might be a part of the person's spiritual journey to maybe come to faith, to get connected to a body and have people surround them that love them and encourage them and support them, especially as they're walking times. You know, some people come to church for a holiday, some people come to church because they're hurting, mm-hmm. some people come just because they know they're missing something in their life. Mm-hmm. And so that connection and that ministry and everything, it it comes together. And so if we're connecting with one another and then we're connecting with those who visit, it just gives us more opportunities for ministry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and at Grace Church, one thing that, you know, we we would probably, I think we would say is probably pretty unique about Grace Church, at least just in, in general, as people look around at churches around town, we don't have an official membership. So you don't sign anything... Uh, you don't take a, a, a class that then on the other side of that class, now you officially become a member or have a certificate or anything along those lines. And, and that's obviously very intentional on our part. So how would you how would you describe then the philosophy, you know, in, in not having the official membership and then what it looks like to really integrate and connect as a you know, we, we kind of use the word member informally sometimes, but to, to become integrated into the body of Grace Church. Well, you know, the part of the thing that I really love about Grace Church is we don't want to guilt anyone into anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll never hopefully hear us say, 
you know, you need to sign up for this. This is the best thing. Or you have to be at this or you're missing out. Those aren't terms that we want to use at Grace Church because that's not always true for everyone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people come to Grace Church because they've been in another church setting and they're tired. They have served and served and served and their ministry cup is empty. And we want that person to come to Grace Church and just sit, mm-hmm. refresh, and then as they connect, as they meet people, as they see opportunities, they get involved in where God is leading them. It's not where we as a staff would think that you would be the best place, because we don't know that, because God's at work in each individual heart. And since we're not this formal membership, if people choose to be a part of Grace Church, we usually get to know them over time and find out, and as we and knowing where they're checking in and where they're being involved and what their kids might be doing, right. then it, it expands the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And so we want to encourage people always to just be moving forward as they're maturing as disciples yes. of Christ. Yeah. And as people are maturing as disciples of Christ, service is a part of that, is we're interacting with God's Word. Mm-hmm. as we're understanding more about who He is. Um, I'm amazed at the the New Testament and how many times that Jesus and Paul, and, and as you go through the epistles, the one another's are mentioned. And I, th- I think it's over 10 times loving one another. Well, how am I going to love other parts of my church family if I don't get to know them? And how do I encourage one another? How do I pray for one another? We do pray for one another in our church service, but I've got to get to know people to really pray for them. And then we've been called to serve, 1 Peter 4.10. We've been called to serve. Mm-hmm. And so for some people coming in that's been burnt out by serving, yes, they don't have to jump in. We're not going to—we would never require, but we're not going to say, hey, we want to fill your week. We want to fill that till you get burnt out again. We want you to serve and where you're gifted, where God has, has done some things in your life. We realize from 1 Corinthians that the body has different functions. It has different parts. And those parts come together when we're serving and encouraging and loving each other. It's a beautiful thing of how God has yeah. set it up in the church. Yeah. The local church can do so many things as his people come together. And I think one of the wonderful things of, with, with us as a church and the ministry we do things in our church, we do things in our community. I, I'm always taken back when we do the the rest stop for yes, the for the hotter, hotter than hell. hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because there's 50, 60 people, sometimes up to a hundred yeah. of our church people out there on an August Saturday, and their ministry might be nothing more than holding bikes while someone gets refreshed. Mm-hmm. And people are so grateful for that. We don't know how God's going to use that. Yeah. And so there's lots of opportunities. And so we don't have formal membership in terms of you got to sign this at this at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we just want to encourage people to do is get involved as God is leading them. There's so many things within our church body that people can do. And you don't have to be an extrovert. You can be an introvert. You can, yeah. however you're what. There's a lot of things that are available. Well, we talked about the behind-the-scenes stuff that you oh, mentioned earlier. I yeah. Mean, a lot of people who don't want to be in the spotlight for ministry, they don't want to serve in the spotlight, 
and they want to they want to be able to to come in maybe when there aren't a lot of people here and serve quietly and mm-hmm. we have those opportunities like you've said too they're, they're uh, our communion team that sure. come in on a Saturday and they prepare communion after COVID. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, <laughs> yeah. but those are people that will come in on a Saturday and they'll get yeah, you all can't the get cups. Much, can't get much further removed from you the spotlight can't. than that. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know if people realize. You know, Sunday morning coffee just doesn't show up. Right. Those are people that get out of bed at five o'clock sometimes on a Sunday morning. And they come and they make coffee and they get them in pots and they get them all over our building, upstairs, downstairs, so that people can come and enjoy and that we are a, a, a fragrance of Christ. Yes. Because if someone walks in who's just checking out a church and they get a cup of coffee, we've done a good thing. Mm-hmm. And that's attributed back to those people who are coffee on the coffee team. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's just lots of opportunities like that. Totally. And not being an official member, I think, frees us up. Because you're not being guilted mm-hmm. into doing something, and it's not obligatory. It's something that you say, you know what? I enjoy this. Right. You know, another great behind-the-scenes thing is our children's ministry and all the kids we have. People who want to just do cutouts, Mm-hmm. So that our our children's ministry staff isn't taking their time doing all the, that little busy work. Yeah, but it, it's a great need that when we're doing hands-on ministry with our staff, that someone has just taken some time and made some cutouts so that the kids' ministry can work smoothly. Yeah, not sure. everybody's a children's teacher or or a youth worker like that, but their youth ministry behind the scenes praying. Mm-hmm. On a Wednesday night, for who God might bring and what He might do, yeah, so many things to be able to serve in. I think it's easy to look at a church like ours where we have, you know, I, I'm just this number is really rolling off the top of my head, but eight, eight hundred, eight hundred fifty-ish people under normal circumstances on a Sunday morning between the two services come into worship. I mean, that's a that's a big church, you know, and and I think it's easy to perceive it as you've got, you know, 850 people coming to church in a, we'll call it on the consumer side, you know, they're coming to just, you know, participate in what's been prepared, right? Or what's being, uh, what's, what's being done by the people on stage and in the sound booth. But when you really start to account and, and, and then you, you, the perception being that there's that many people, you know, in the congregation and only, you know, 20 people maybe making it all happen. But when you really step back and think about what that takes to have a service for 850 or two services for 850 people, I mean, it's, it's much more, uh, there's, there's much more on the service side of that for preparation and getting things ready. And the, and then you think about the number of teachers there are and the number of people who set up things on Saturday or during the week ahead of time. And it really is not, you know, 850 people benefiting from the work of 20. It's, it's you know, in over 100 people, I'm sure, when you really count up how many people there are doing that. So there's, obviously, there's, there's tons of opportunities and and that's just talking about us making Sunday happen. That's not talking about all of that's the things correct, that yeah. we do. So, and when you talk about our two services on a Sunday, and then that that connection hour, mm-hmm. and the teachers right. and the serving people, and 
all the children's ministry children's workers. There's ministry, so many of those. And we we desire as a church to always make sure in our nursery yes. that we don't just follow standards of one to six. Mm-hmm. We we try to go one to four mm-hmm. when we You're have talking ratio ratio of, of babies to yeah. adults and yes. all that. And we we try to be above that, and that takes a lot. And when you think of eight hundred, you know that number of eight hundred here on a Sunday morning, there's probably over a hundred. Oh yeah, that yeah. are giving some part of their time mm-hmm. to do that, and those are the people that I really think are finding joy, mm-hmm. because it, it when you get the focus off of yourself and you see all the opportunities and what God does and how He uses you. It's so true. And holding a baby in the nursery and just praying for that baby by name and not knowing what God is going to do in that child's life and then getting the opportunity to see what happens over the years. One of the things I love about being at Grace Church was from 99 to 09, I was the youth pastor. Right. And how many of the students that we had that had gone away to college or stayed here for college that are, are now a part of Grace Church is moms and dads. Yeah. And seeing them and the service and what they're doing. I love when we do things like our Thanksgiving outreach and seeing families serving. You can't tell me that's not really important, that when you've got parents serving alongside with their children, that's making a difference. And I know that's been a focus for you, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah. is, I love that. Because I, I, I think that when we do things and, and students can see, children can see their families serving and how mom and dad are doing this and they're doing it alongside of them, um, our our greet team, Lee and Beth Barron, have taken over that recently, mm-hmm. and one of the things that was on their heart with our greeters is having some families be involved in, in and serving that's been with so them. so cool. I was going to say that. Yeah. And they, they have them now at the doors mm-hmm. where we have families, and it's so fun to see pre-COVID-19, mm-hmm. yeah. but three-year-olds standing there with their mom and dad mm-hmm. shaking hands and welcoming people into our service. Yes, and it's just incredible to see of all the different opportunities like that, and so it takes a lot of people. It does and I, and I want to touch on something that you 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 said about the children's and the, the children's ministry and the nursery ministry. You know, another just really great thing that we got to witness in the life of Grace Church was, you know, when we switched over to this new schedule, new you know being back in January, where we went to two services at one at 8 o'clock and then the other at 10.45 and and all of the logistical things that that, that presented for us to, and, and especially Josh who is over the nursery and childcare stuff and, and Barb and uh, to see how Josh made the comment, we're going to need more help. I mean, we just won't have, we won't have the, the number of people we need serving over there as it stands now. So we kind of, or not, I say we, I wasn't involved in this part, but the decision was made. We're going to ask, you know, mothers if they'll maybe once a month kind of come in and take some of their time, volunteer and serve. And to hear Josh talk about how great of a response that got to, to the way that families in Grace Church and the, those moms stepped up and said, yeah, we'd love to do that. And they've all, and you know, my wife's one of them that she does that. And to, to see that need met by the people 
who you know were really Josh's first you know that was his first uh, swing at this was I'm going to ask the moms if they'll do this and I mean he had no trouble with it and so it's just a testament to the kind of I think culture that we have but but especially the kind of people that we have at Grace Church well, and, and that's what I love about our, our, our Grace Church family mm-hmm. when our elders started down this track to move the services to those times and have that connecting hour in between we knew there was a lot of logistics staff wise and we were thinking well how is this going to affect our our ABFs our YBFs right. and our children's Bible fellowship and so we we got that all out there on the table and to my knowledge our volunteers with changing times and schedule and I don't know anybody who said, you've done this and I'm not going to serve now. Right. Yeah. I think we added people serving because... I think so too. Because they saw the need and they said, I can be a part of that. I can step up for that. I mean, we went from 9, uh, 9 a.m. service mm-hmm. to 8 a.m. service. And I was expecting calls from our, our lockup and our setup team and our coffee ministry because we moved them another hour ahead. Right. And so they're getting here earlier now on a Sunday. And, and Blake with the worship team and getting here earlier. Everybody I talked to and, and shared with the change, they were excited. Yeah. And they said, oh, I, no problem. Love being a part of that. Yeah. And that just is so encouraging to me as a, as a staff and as a shepherd to see our people just enjoying totally. serving. And yeah, it changes my schedule some, but I see the validity and why we're doing right. this, and I, I want to be a part of that. Right. And it was really, it just have some kinks, mm-hmm. but it was still, it was so beautiful to see our church family stepping up Absolutely. in that way and just loving what we're doing yeah. and being a part of it. Yeah. You know, you, you going back to something that you said uh, a little earlier about f- the philosophy and if anybody who's listening to this has has listened to previous episodes, this is at least the second time they've heard someone on here talk about how our approach and what we communicate about the things that are going on at Grace Church is not to pressure people. It is to say, hey, this is what's happening. This is what's being offered. But this is between you and the Lord as to what you need and what you're going to participate in. We don't want to overload you. We don't want to guilt you, guilt you into anything and you have to be here or this is one you won't want to miss, which even that is pretty innocuous, but we just want to be as careful as we can not to put things on people in a, in a way that makes them feel guilty for not being there. You know, I, I think... Caleb said last week he he brought up you know Jesus in Matthew eleven saying you come to me all who are weary and heavy laden you know and my yoke is easy and my burden is light and and I think that's such the heartbeat of what we're talking about is to say church should be a place where you get rest and you get reinvigorated and where your your faith benefits and is uplifted it shouldn't be a place where you come and you feel a weight dropped on your shoulders. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be a place where you come and you feel like, oh, yeah, there's one more thing I'm not doing, but I probably should be. And so we really do want to communicate in a way that that is peaceful, I guess would be a word mm-hmm. that, you, that you could use for that, as opposed to stressful. Right. And, and, 
And I, you know, you can't get away from the reality that when we use the word discipleship all the time, discipline is right there. You know, it's the same same root. Th- that's a part of it. I mean, it takes it takes uh, willpower, it takes discipline to grow in your faith, but it it ought to be motivated out of a recognition of you know who God has made you to be and who He is, mm-hmm. and and so. The other side of that that I think about is, you know, when we want people to serve, I think, you know, a good way to think about it is we don't want to communicate, you have to do this or else, right? Because that's, that's never our mindset. That's never our mindset. Certainly, it's not what we believe the Bible communicates. And so it's not do this or else, uh, you know, reap the, reap the consequences if, if you don't do this. It really is an invitation into. I think it's an invitation into who God created us to be. It's. I, it's, it's. I think that's correct. It's really not. Hey, you're not good enough if you don't serve. So, so like, like you are failing if you don't serve. It's you were made to serve, which that, that's actually a line I think Curtis had with the college ministry mm-hmm. before he left. But you know, you were made as a as a human being who has two really fundamental needs, which is relationship with God and relationship with people. And when you don't serve in some capacity, and, and there's all we, you know, that's that's not one or two little things. That's There's a wide ver- variety of ways to do that. But when you're not really connecting in the church body is really what we mean when we say serving. When you're not really going deep in connection, you're just not living out what God created you to be, right? There's you're missing out I think really on part of the joy yes. of what cri- being a, a believer of abundant life yes. is all about because we were created for that. And I think that sometimes when we just go to a church and we, and we sit we don't really get to experience all that God has for us. Is a Sunday morning as you're sitting there and and you're worshiping God through music. Mm-hmm. And then as we worship God through teaching of his word, the funny thing we forget is we're not the audience. God is the audience. Yeah. And we're there worshiping him. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of that, he fills our cup. And if our cup gets full and we're not utilizing what he is doing in our lives and what we're learning through the truth of his word and how we're worshiping, there's just a part of us that's not fully engaging Mm -hmm. with really God's best. Mm -hmm. And connection, service is a part of that. And it doesn't have to necessarily be in the church. Right. Uh, There's a a lot of really great ways that we can serve that, that is parachurch ministries or on boards or or outside of the church. Oh, I can think of several people off the top of my head who in our, in our church either run other ministries or are extremely involved in other ministries. And we would say, we don't, we don't want you to try and spend more of your time and energy here on top of that. I mean, if that is your ministry out there, you know, one guy that comes to mind is Anthony Lavelle, Caleb's dad, Mm -hmm. who runs, you know, the ARC Mm-hmm. stuff for special need a special needs ministry who they meet here and if you ever go to one of those they meet up here on Tuesday evenings and Anthony t- runs a bible study music and a and a lesson which is really an incredible experience but you know Anthony is really 
connected and serving and 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 like we're talking about he is in that sense being who god created him to be in in that relationship and that in that ministry and so we wouldn't say oh you also need to find a, a place to serve in the church as well and it's it, and it's a wonderful thing that he found that absolutely and and kind of what i think we would agree upon is some people they don't know and so try different opportunities how you're wired I, I've had people that come up to me and say, wow, I, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. That's okay. Yeah. What else would you like to try? What else? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of opportunities out there mm-hmm. to find out where you fit and what fits your personality, where God has you. Right. Uh, a lot of, the, you know, for some people, if you were to say, hey, we need you to teach a ABF, their eyes would get real big. <laughs> yes. Well, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about well, what small steps you know can you take to be involved and connect into the body of the church, you know. And, and I'm I'm passionate about the church because it's it's what I do and seeing people, you right. know, f- being on in full time ministry for 25 years and seeing now how God has worked in people's yeah. lives through the church, I get more passionate about it because the opportunities. That are there, mm-hmm. but really, I, I had, you know, I look around sometimes, and, and twenty years ago, we were on Cedar Elm, mm-hmm. and one of our bulletin hander out at the door was Bob Lemley, yeah, and he always had a piece of candy for the kids, <laughs> yeah, and my boys were three and one at that time, and as they grew up, they remember they always wanted to go through the door. Mister Lemley was at to get yeah. a piece of candy. What a great thing, because now that Bob has has gone home to be with the Lord and he's in heaven, that every Sunday his son Mike is standing at a door. And you want to tell me that that example that that Bob set didn't make a difference in his son's life? And it's such a joy to see that and be a part of that. And I, I just love is we enter on a Sunday. There's yeah. a lot of those stories mm-hmm. of people who've been called to serve. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Right. And so not being involved in church until I was in my high school years, it was other people that really ministered to me, mm-hmm. who really challenged me, who walked with me, who led Bible studies for me, and then who encouraged me to serve. Mm-hmm. And then a few years later, I leave a business and go to seminary, mm-hmm. and how God has worked through that. And I, I just think that God has wired us, and I think you said it really well, to to be involved right. in ministry and serving others and, and being a part of what He's doing in the local church or in your community. Yeah, and you really almost can't have the conversation about serving and how God's made you to serve without thinking about Paul and 1 Corinthians 12 and spiritual gifts and just just reminding us that, look, God God did... He not only created you to serve, but He created you specifically to... to he gave you, you know, the capacity to serve in ways that not everybody else can. Mm-hmm. And because you have those unique gifts that, you know, a lot of other people don't have, there's going to be a hole, you know, there's going to be a, a, a deficit where you aren't there, you know, and, and so really helping us to see not only is it something that we, we shouldn't feel guilted into doing, you know, but we should be, in, we should feel invited into it and, and see that, oh, God, actually, we're, I'm embracing who God created me to be by doing this. And that, I think, 
you know, if we're honest with ourselves, the biggest question any of us is ever going to wrestle with is what our purpose is in life. And, and, you know, we're, we're always going to struggle with whatever we're doing when we don't find purpose in it, you know, whether it's our job or it's, it's some other pursuit that we've got going on in our life. If we don't feel purpose in it, eventually we're going to burn out. And yet right here in the church and and in first Corinthians, God gives us that, that insight. Hey, you want to find purpose, figure out who I've made you to be, you know, Mm -hmm. do, do some, you know, do some introspection and take stock of what gifts I've given you. And then look for a place to, to use them. And it's not a do this or else it's a, you want to find life, go do that. That's Mm -hmm. the, it's an invitation really, Mm -hmm. like we said. So, well, Lance was talking about that of, of really Sunday in the message of, of joy. Yes. Yes. And I, yeah, I always think of like joy and then abundant life sort of interchangeably. Mm-hmm. And, and I always go back to Jesus and John 10, 10. So I, you know, we, we've touched on a lot of different things as we've talked through this that I was going to bring up, but if you, you brought up a few things here and there. So let's talk specifically if, if there's a, a person or a couple or a family at Grace Church who is looking to, maybe they're listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, I, I want to get connected. I want to take a, take another step into this and, and take another step in my faith journey. How, what's, what's the practical step for them, you know, on your end? Well, there, there's two ways we can go about this. If, if you've never really done an inventory mm-hmm. of how God has gifted you, we have Quest. Yeah. And Quest is an opportunity where you kind of go through and we, we keep it in the small groups of about eight and you you share your story, but then you do a spiritual inventory. And out of that, you you learn about a little more of who you are. Right. Then from there, how you're wired for ministry. For others who maybe have been in the church and tried some different things, you can contact me directly, contact really any of our pastors, and we can kind of move. But, you know, when you think about all of the things in the church, and we were talking about this and brought it up earlier— yeah, there's things for people who are extroverted that they can do. Right. There's things for people who are introverted and what they can do. Uh, there's just ministry opportunities and and how God has gifted, and and so just taking a step to check those out and talking to you know me maybe is the point for connection. But yeah. if you know one of the other pastors and and have, just checking in with them. Because all of us have those opportunities for people to be involved, mm-hmm. and it's just really finding the, the correct fit for them. Yeah. And so we, as a staff, we, we don't see people as something that's a commodity. And so if someone comes to me and, you know, hey, I, I really want to be involved in something, and we start talking, I, I'm going to try to find the best fit for that's them. That's a great point. And yeah. I think all of our pastoral staff would feel the same way. Right. We're not trying to put... A round peg in a you know square hole. Yeah, none of us are trying to hoard no leaders or or people serving in one area. Right. Yeah. And so for for each of us, I think on our pastoral staff, we just want to see the person put in a place where they're going to really find that joy, yes. and they're going to feel fulfilled and a part of the body in a whole different way. Right. You know, we we were designed to love God, and so we love mm-hmm. God when we hear His word and all that. But we were then designed to love others. Right. And so loving others is, is part of that byproduct. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're just trying to figure out how we can help people. 
Right. And it's not cornering the market for our ministry. It's for how they would best fit. Yeah, and Lance Lance speaks to that a lot too when talking about bringing people into our ministries, you know, to serve or to lead. And he always uses the phrase, "We won't let you fail." You know that that our our desire for you and and our sort of mission for you plugging in is that you would find a place that you'll succeed. Uh, and so we, as a staff and elders and everybody, you know, we want to resource people. And and it really, when when people I think understand that, it removes one of the barriers to serving, and and that barrier being. What if I'm not good at it? You know, what what if I try it and it and I and I don't do a good job? Which it, to which we would respond, you know what? We're going to help you, and and so you you won't fall flat on your face. But even if you do, like you're saying, realize maybe this isn't the fit for me. Well, let us help you find the fit because that's what we want. One of the great things when God brought Lance back to Grace Church, right. Sunday morning, our first series was known, prepared, and mm-hmm. launched. And that's Lance's heart, and that's mm-hmm. our staff's heart. And so if you're listening and you're kind of going, well, I, I'm really not sure, I'd recommend go back into our iTunes or go to our website and listen to that series. Yeah. Because it will help you understand. We want you to come to Grace Church to be known. We want to know people. We want to prepare you mm-hmm. for what the ministry God has, and then we want to launch you. Mm-hmm. And and so those three things and those messages, when Lance became our senior pastor, those are from his heart of everybody that comes in the doors of Grace Church. And so I, I'd recommend for someone who's kind of trying to figure that out, go back and listen to those yeah. and get some of the tools from that, think through how God has wired you, and then where is the best place? If you're if you're new and getting known. Well, we've got opportunities for you. Well, not really now, but soon we'll have some opportunities. Not many churches have opportunities right, right for now. you to plug in to, to community groups or ABFs or other mm-hmm. things of Bible studies that we're doing so that you can meet some people, so you can become known. Prepared, that's moving that next step right. of preparing people for ministry, and then ultimately we want to launch you mm-hmm. into the ministry that God has for you. Right, and so I think that would be a good resource for someone out there who's wondering right now. Yeah, definitely. Earlier, you you touched on your past experience in ministry, and one of the one of those places was right here at Grace Church as mm-hmm. the high school pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you and I have talked a lot about you know youth ministry over over the years, and even when you weren't here, I you know before you came back, I know I called you about. Yeah, you know, had some ministry questions for you, but uh, how would you say that your experience in youth ministry has has prepared you? You know, because I, I you know, youth pastor is one of those. Uh, I think it's a it's a term that really has a a stereotype picture in that, that it gives people when they hear it, and and so I just like to hear you talk about how being a youth pastor really shaped you and 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 shapes now the way you do ministry in a different capacity. Well, I'll I'll tell you I I think I think every pastor should do some time in youth yeah. ministry. I really do. Um I think it gives you a good feel for families. Yeah. And what what that. is going on in in the current culture of families. 
I think it helps you also with knowing what is taking place in the lives of students um, and what they're going to be moving toward and into, especially as they enter into their college years, as they launch themselves. Um, and I think it, it gives you an overall perspective of the church. Mm-hmm. And so I think that youth ministry is key for a lot of a lot of pastors who, yeah. who as they move forward. Um, when I first left youth ministry, I was early 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was kind of getting to the point where it was it was too quick. Yeah. You know, kind of with all that was going on and all Tried that was doing changing. doing youth ministry in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so for me, what really was launched me, and when I left Grace, I, I, I sought out what was next. My heart was for the family. Mm-hmm. And so God did, when I left Grace, yeah. God took me away for a while, and I did family ministry at a right. really large church outside of Seattle. And that really shaped me because I, I had a view of what was taking place in the family, and I still had then connection mm-hmm. with the youth. One of the things that I, I still love is I moved back to Grace and was doing middle-aged adults before I moved in the executive. I, I still love to go over to the GYM right, and, and go over and see kind of – because rubbing shoulders with our teens, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it gives us a perspective mm-hmm. of really what is taking place and what is going to be happening in the family, uh, in the church mm-hmm. – because it, you know they used to say that every two years information you know was all new. Mm. Then it went to eighteen months. Now I, you know now it seems like it's about six months yeah. before as everything changes. Well, for now a guy in his fifties, that's moving fast. Right. You know my boys have to help keep me updated with mm. all that's going on. But I, I think it helps us understand. Yeah. A really bigger picture of what's going on in the church because we're a church family, mm-hmm. and having our hands on to really that portion of our church. And I, one of the things I love with you and Caleb is is that you guys don't want to just build a youth ministry mm-hmm. for f- six years. Yeah, you want to build a ministry that helps students launch. That they stay involved in a, in a church through which, their college yeah. years, which is through, why I love doing college ministry alongside it, and yeah. that they're going to be part of of the church as a family mm-hmm. and as they're getting married. Coming back to Grace Church now four years ago, it's a great joy to see so many of our former yeah. youth group kids that are now married and they've got families and they're they're establishing themselves. Yeah, and you know the biggest thing I think that influenced them was their own parents. Yes. And they always wanted to say it was a youth pastor, it was a youth ministry. It was not. It is what is taking place in the home. And so for me, it just always brings me back to how do we love people, and especially when we're watching our teens, Mm -hmm. how do we love their parents and what they're walking through and what's taking place? Because that's the biggest indicator. Yeah. And when you poll students, that's what they tell you. Mm-hmm. Youth pastor doesn't even make the top twenty. Well, and when you when you watch the way their lives play out beyond high school, you know that 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 bears itself out. You know, in in you know which which uh, kids grow into adults who participate in church, and it's the ones whose parents invested in them and participated. And this comes back to what you said earlier about having families serve together. The likelihood of a child 
say a you know kid in third, fourth, fifth grade growing up valuing something like youth group and and certainly church overall and then going off to college and finding a church you know making that a priority graduating from college raising their family in church the likelihood that they'll do that is exponentially greater if they're serving with their families as a kid and they see their parents serving and participating and i agree and and from my personal experience I was one that that wasn't taking place in my home mm-hmm. and other families mm-hmm. with my friends and, and that were church families. Cause I, I didn't start attending till my late junior high years. And then through my high school years, I was in and out and God really shaped me through families that I was a friend and watching mm-hmm. and being involved as if I was a family member of that family. Right. And that really shook me that why would this person's parents love me like I was their own kid? Yeah. I, you know, I felt like the misfit. Yeah. But I could go into that house and I was part of their family. Right. And these were believers. Mm-hmm. And it, it just made a, it, it changed me as an individual. Mm-hmm. It, it changed my outlook and, and it, it put me on a trajectory that I never would have probably found in my own yeah. family and in, in those who are around me because of the culture. Right. But these people, and, and so you don't know, you know, with who your kids are hanging out with and all of that, of how is important you are yes. to be not only a parent to your children, but to love their friends. Mm-hmm. Because I'm one of those right. that people loved me that I felt more comfortable and love in their home yep. than I did sometimes in my f- family of origin. Mm-hmm. And that that's amazing to me, right. that people would give of themselves and serve in that way. Mm-hmm. I totally agree, and, and I would second what you said a, a few minutes ago about, you know, I, I, and I'm getting to experience some of this now in college ministry, we always talk about how youth ministry is one of the most, and I'm I'm going to sort of loosely use the term fruitless ministries, which is not to say it's entirely fruitless, but it's it's a ministry where we don't see the fruits nearly as quickly, you know, or obviously as other ministries. Right? We're investing in young people, children, teens, and then we're really praying that that investment takes root even when we can't see it, mm-hmm. so that in your case, you come back you know, 10 years later and you see those same people, now they're the young adults in the church raising their kids here. And I think for, for me, youth ministry is, an in, it's sort of like an investment in the future of the church, you know? And, and it's, it's really, you are, I, I think when we look at the, just take a snapshot of a church, it's easy to, f- to feel like youth ministry is, and, and not that anybody would actually say this is the case, but to feel a little bit like youth ministry is a secondary ministry. And again, nobody would actually value it that way. But just that, that feeling, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it has a building separate from the rest and, and often is not one people see firsthand all the time. But to understand that those young people 
will be adults in 10 years who are now the ones serving in the church. They're the ones, I mean, you look at just on this staff, you look at Caleb, you look at Blake, and even to a degree myself, uh, you know, I didn't grow up in Grace Church, but but guys that grew up in youth ministries, mm-hmm. and here we are decade, decade and a half later, and we're on staff, right? And and that's a testimony to God's faithfulness. Absolutely. Yes. As he was doing work, and a George Castro, who was yes. part of our youth ministry, yeah. and I look up on our stage and our worship team. Right. So many of them were part of our youth ministry and our children's ministry in days past. And it's just a testimony of God at work in people's lives. And I agree with you. Some people think of that, but I always love that Grace Church never thought that way. Yeah, I I do agree there. And, you know, yeah, the building is separated, Mm -hmm. but what a great building. Yeah. That, you know, our youth ministry has Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, it's not perfect. But man, to have a place like that, and and there are so many churches that, that kill for that. that thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And you know, to to have staff and interns and, and the mm-hmm. the investment. Oh yeah. That Grace Church and makes the, and the volunteer leaders and the volunteer we'll leaders and, and just yeah. all of that. That's a testimony again to God's faithfulness mm-hmm. to raise up people. I mean, I, I was floored coming back, and there are still some people serving in youth ministry 10 years later mm-hmm. that were serving when I was youth pastor. Yeah. And they're still serving 10 years later. Mm-hmm. What an incredible testimony of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. to this church, to the youth ministry, and just how I know that the joy that they have yes, right. in being involved and seeing as these classes come mm-hmm. through and, and people coming back and a mm-hmm. part of that... What, just a wonderful thing to entrench yourself yes. for a decade mm-hmm. into that. And we have so many people around here that have put in decades of serving in our children and in our youth and our greeters. I agree. And- I, I think Grace Church, more than any church I've seen up close, you see longevity at the at the elder level, at the staff level, at the teacher leader level, and at the serving level. You at at every level, you see people who who are in it for the long haul, who are patient, who are who are deeply invested. So that it's not a I'm gonna try this for a year. And and there's not to say again we talked earlier about if if it's not the right fit, you want to find the right fit. There's we're not at all diminishing somebody going, hey, I did this for a year, tried it, and it didn't work. That that's true, and that happens and. A lot of the people that serve for a long time did that with other things first to find the place to plug in. But when when people find where they feel like God has designed them to serve, they stay, and they they stay committed. And I think that's a testament, obviously, to God's faithfulness. I think it's a testament to the culture that Tom and Reggie sowed by you know staying here for 40-plus years at one church. That's a rarity in ministry. I agree. I, I had someone come up to me this year that had been serving for 25 years mm. and was needing to step down mm-hmm. and oh, had tears in yeah, his eyes. I can imagine. Because he loves the ministry and what God had called him to, but just for reasons, mm-hmm. for family, for health, all those things needed to step down. Yeah. And was feeling bad telling me. And I mean, 
all I could do was smile and say, no, Only no, no. 25 years, right? <laughs> I, I just could smile and say, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 25 Gosh, years. that's awesome. You've been serving so faithfully for 25 years. So great. I mean, what a joy. Mm-hmm. And at this time, and that's maybe situations may change, and you want to know what? They could be back. Right. And you know what? Celebrate that. Yeah. Because that, it's just incredible to see people who have been mm-hmm. so committed to our ministries and to God. Really, it's God's ministries here. Yes. Uh, but just been so committed to to being involved and connecting. Mm-hmm. And that's just, to me, it excites me yeah. every time I think about it and every time I talk about it, because that's available to all of us. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly encouraged talking about it, hearing those things, and and thinking about all those people in our church who who give their their time and their energy uh, and and who prioritize you know the church family and and it's it's encouraging too as we sit here you know our building is closed and and we don't have you know Sunday service and to hear the way people in our church, number one, encourage us. We've been so encouraged mm-hmm. by members of our church, you know, writing in and and offering, you know, their, uh, you know, appreciation for what we're doing as a staff, and so they've been very encouraging. But also just to to watch how the people of Grace Church just long to be back here, mm-hmm. and how much they desire to be together as a church family again is at at one level. You know, hard, and you 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 know it it hurts. Gosh, I I that's so true. There's so many people that you know we haven't been able to see, and I want to. But it's an it's an encouragement to to know that's how deep the bonds of church family go for the for us and for our people. That yeah, we really just miss being together. Well, for for ministry purposes, and you you see on the other side, but. God took our family and he moved us and it was the right time it was what he had for us mm-hmm. but we missed this place totally we missed this place so much to the fact that you know when we were sitting around and talking as a family and we were thinking about what God had next for mm-hmm. us to each of my family it was Wichita Falls mm-hmm. and Grace Church mm-hmm. And at that point, we just were moving here because we missed the area. Yeah. Not, didn't know I'd be back on staff. Right. But we missed our family. We missed our church. And that's unique. Mm-hmm. And that's rare. Yeah. And as God worked things out and coming back and being privileged to join the staff again and being walk alongside of everybody and right. now to encourage and support in my role. Um, I'm just thrilled, and it's it's humbling of how God has worked to, to bring this about. Well, we're certainly glad to have you guys back and have you, you know, here on staff as the executive pastor and all that you bring, and, and I know the people that, that serve and are, are trying to get connected appreciate that, that we have someone like you doing those things, overseeing those things. So, Derek, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Love talking to you about okay. this stuff. Hope that uh, hope that the people listening are as encouraged as I've been talking about this. And uh, we'll be back next week. All right, thanks. Mm-hmm.